Hey everyone, CNote here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a puzzle of the night sky. A bit complicated. Today on the show, we're talking about a little bit about the racial divide, more specifically the divide that is happening in our country and how the conflict model that we've been working through can be used to identify how progress can be made in this big social thing. Um, it might get a little heated in here, but not really. That's not the point. This isn't about being outraged or calling anyone out or having a, me taking a social stance or anything like that. This is an attempt at, a, at an objective perspective on what is going on and how we can move things forward in a positive direction, again, based on the model that I've been working on, this sort of like apology ladder. Uh, I think I addressed the issues as best as I could in this episode, and I hope you can join me in this discussion with an open mind to help take all of us into the next stage of growth as a community in a country, because it's going to involve patience, it's going to involve, you know, someone taking responsibility for different things that are going on, and kind of thinking about people as individuals, and less about caricatures and labels and stereotypes, and trying to take us into a more progressive, forward-thinking, positive uh, future. And I don't mean liberal when I say progressive, so please don't turn yourself off to this. I know that words are hard, and it can be very triggery, and it can turn you off to this kind of discussion. But I want to welcome everyone. This is not about calling out people on behavior or trying to, you know, again, elicit some sort of outrage. This is about trying to take all of the information and plug it into this model that I've been kind of working on, this apology ladder, as it were, which we take a little bit of time in the second half of the episode to talk about that and, and recap, you know, the week's sort of uh, issues. We talked about conflict a lot on this, uh, this week's episodes. So we talked about personal conflict, we talked about internet conflict, uh, social conflict, and then, you know, Know, straight conflict with strangers and and regular everyday things and then uh, all of this is leading to this apology ladder concept that I'm working on and um, hopefully it's something that we can develop into an actual model that people can reference to help them work through um, conflict to get them and the person that they're working with to the other side and better understand how you can't resolve conflict on your own you need help you need someone to go along with you, someone to forgive you, someone to apologize to, someone to listen to you, someone to hear your intent, someone to hear your pain, someone to acknowledge themselves as the oppressor or the victim in the scenario and be able to move forward together to forgive one another and to be able to eventually, uh, you know, promise and reconcile and try to find ways to reassure the other side that things are not going to, this is not going to happen again. So, um, yeah, this is this is a big, big, complicated episode. I kind of went on a 20-minute rant for like the first half, but I think it's important to make sure that you guys know that I'm attempting the best that I can to be as objective on this topic, and it's important to talk about it. I didn't want to avoid this issue because I don't want to alienate my audience. That's not what I'm trying to do. Frankly, if I'm not able to speak to everyone and help people understand themselves as an individual and speak on the merits of being a human being and trying to move things forward so that we can all live happy and healthy and safe and um, abundant, powerful lives, then I wouldn't be doing my job if I was not approaching any of these issues with you know, the lens that I can bring to this. So I'm going to do the best I can. I'm not innocent in any kind of being hateful or hurtful towards anyone. I've had a lot of issues in my past. 
Um, so again, just trying to make the point home that I am not trying to take a stance per se. Uh, this episode is about trying to explain as objectively as I can how what is happening with the racial divide on an abstract level and what is happening and how we can plug it into this apology ladder and try to move ourselves forward. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a heavy episode. There's a lot of good stuff in here, but I hope you stick around with me. Please have patience. And if you have any comments, questions, thoughts, I'm more than happy to take it with a voice message. Just keep in mind that voice messages are things that I can post publicly. So um, feel free to hit me up with a voice message on that. And we also have some notes in the description. There's a link to a survey that will help us be able to, to speak to you guys a little bit better and um, learn what it is that's resonating with you guys and be able to serve our audience a little bit better. So um, yeah, let's keep moving forward. Let's do this episode of dopamine about the racial divide. <laughs> Spooky. <laughs> Hello there, happy Friday. Hope you're doing well. Hope life is good. I hope this week was good. Hope you did some things. Hope you had some non-zero days. You got to stack them up. That'd be really rad. Um, oh, school is back in session. That's right. So kids are getting off the bus. That means they're going to be loud, <laughs> but that's fine. Anchor does a really good job of noise canceling. So usually I've commented on things and then I listen back and I'm like, oh, you can't hear that at all. So that's cool. Um, I think that's mostly the fault of my headphones being not completely noise canceling. So that's probably what's going on there. I don't know if you can hear those kids yelling. Nope. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, so today, happy Friday. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, so this is the second week that we've kind of, I've been kind of playing with, um, sort of doing a theme for this week. And if you haven't noticed this week's theme turned out to be conflict and, uh, conflict of all kinds. Um, I talked a little bit about, um, uh, internal conflict, millennials in particular, and uh, internet conflict, and then just kind of like playing with this conflict model, um, which I'm going to talk about in the second half of this episode. Um, but today I wanted to talk a little bit about like the racial divide. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to talk about it in the context of having a position. I'm not going to talk about it in the context of, you know, you're a jerk or not, depending on whatever side you are. But it's really in relation to like the recent Nike situation with Colin Kaepernick and um, all of the perspectives that come from essentially what is these days considered to be white people versus people of color in a cultural sense and the perceptions of that. And really, I want to talk about the, um, the perspectives of both sides. And I don't mean this in a way to favor one or the other, because full disclosure, I'm Puerto Rican. So um, I think you can tell which side I, I, I live on. But at the same time, you know, it's I just I'm kind of tired about all this stuff being about sides. You know, and, and that's why I want to talk about this, because it's not it's not necessarily always about that. And it's not so clean. And I think that is part of the massive frustration that we deal with. So I want to talk about conflict between these two basically giant powers and 
how it relates to sort of this model that I put together. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the model and more specifics after the break, but, uh, to just to recap the, the model is basically like this H model. Essentially you've got the two poles and then you've got a connecting line in the middle and it's sort of like the anatomy of an apology, which is maybe what I'll actually call it, but I don't really know for sure. So at the bottom, you've got the two parties. And I think one of the biggest major conflicts that we haven't even really started to get into is understanding that when you are having a conflict and you're working through the apology phase of a conflict, you need to establish the roles. You need to establish that one person is an oppressor and one person is a victim. And now those words are tricky because obviously everyone gets triggered by certain words these days. And um, which is why I think we need to continue to evolve the conversation on all angles. But the point being that one person has to identify as the oppressor and one person has to identify as the victim. And now the tricky thing is that it is not about one major representative of white people and not, not one representative of people of color. There are varying peoples within the conflict being oppressors and being victims. I think many would agree on a large scale that white people are being seen as the oppressor and people of color are being seen as the victim. But those roles are constantly being transferred back and forth depending on the individual conflicts that are going on. So, you know, but I think on the grand scale, to be as objective as possible. I'm not trying to say that this is, this is not my opinion so much based on the data that I've seen. Um, so it's more of a subjective data based opinion and, um, which is not an opinion, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you know, I think a lot of people are essentially trying to say that white people are the oppressor in this scenario and people of color are the victim in this scenario. And I think many people would agree with that based on history um, and not necessarily based on today. And I think that's where the conflict lies is taking responsibility today for things that happened before. But I think the challenge is also, so, so we're going to talk a little bit more about, so I'm going to talk about the reasons why both sides may feel like they're the victim or the, or the oppressor in this scenario um, or why one side would feel more uh, defensive. So essentially like, uh, again, like I said, like, I think it's, it's fairly common that the, that white people feel like they're the oppressor, but not willing to take that role. And, um, that people of color are the victim, even though they're not always willing to take that role either. Plenty are saying like, Hey, let's just move on. But there's no conflict resolution between the two because no one's accepting their roles in this conflict tree as it were. So in terms of, um, sort of moving the needle forward, understanding that, you know, on, on the side of the coin, you know, uh, uh, typically white people, Caucasian people are having a lot of, there, there's a lot of defensiveness being triggered because they, a lot of the common arguments are that they don't feel that they are responsible for their predecessors. They don't feel like they are currently being oppressive. They don't feel like they are necessarily reaping quote unquote white privilege. And you know, they do that by also taking a stance behind police and, um, the, and, and defending the brutality of not necessarily defending the brutality of people of color, but, but kind of diminishing it. And I mean that like factually, again, this is not my opinion. This is from what I've seen. So, um, and then on the other side, there's people of color who are 
essentially doing the best that they can to explain that uh, white people are reaping the benefits of it, of, of their predecessors. So therefore there is a sense of responsibility that should be taken. And um, there is people who are being hurt and murdered and killed um, to they're the same um, and people who are not getting, you know, equal rights, equal value, equal opportunities um, because society tends to favor, you know, white people or Caucasians. And, you know, logically, you know, to me, logically, it makes sense. And I say that respectfully that, um, that people of color would feel that way. And it would make sense also logically that white people would be defensive because no one wants to feel like the oppressor when, um, they don't personally feel responsible for what happened. So honestly, for the debate to move forward, more and more people on individual scale, need to kind of fit within the roles that are being established on the larger scale. So the larger scale is essentially trying to establish people of color as the victim and Caucasian people as the oppressors. And again, I use those terms because that is what happens at the bottom of this ladder. And, and those are extreme terms because it is at those extremes at the bottom of this ladder. So um, the three levels of this ladder that I've been talking about are um, acknowledgement, which is the acknowledging of the roles, the oppressor and victim. The second round, which is explanation of intent, including the apology, which is why there's a connection point. And then at the end, there is the, um, uh, I got to think of a better word because I keep forgetting the word, (laughs) Uh, the reassurance. I'm like, there's an R word in there, the reassurance that it won't happen again and that there is forgiveness. So again, all of this takes a matter of people, equal parties figuring this out. But the complication again is that on such a mass scale with social issues, it is a matter of people trying to take responsibility on an individual level. So, and all of those individual levels adding up to a mass scale. So that's like the conflict and the main issue also in relation to people being at different development stages and being at different wavelengths, because many people would agree that there are people on the victim side who are definitely immature, who are calling names, who are um, doing their own version of oppressing and switching roles. And then there are um, people who are the considered the oppressor and, you know, being very hurtful and hateful as well as instead of just being defensive. But then there are also mature people on either side that are trying to resolve conflict within each other. Um, but I think it's also important to make sure that people are going up the ladder in the order that you need to go up. You can't just immediately jump into the third stage and try to take responsibility for the well-being of the victim. You know, you can't be the rescuer, essentially. So there is something here in the combination of the triangle, the drama triangle, which involves the the rescuer, the persecutor, and the victim. But then this kind of like other conflict resolution model that I'm trying to come up with that deals with, you know, actually resolving a conflict within the drama triangle. So like, you know, if you're a person that is, let's say you're the oppressor, you're a Caucasian uh, person who is identifying and, you know, understanding, starting to understand the intent and you've maybe personally apologized to the, the, to various victims within your inner circle. And you've decided to start taking on a role of a rescuer. Well, that kind of nullifies the progress of the apology 
um, the, the, the apology ladder as it were. Well, maybe that's a better name. The apology ladder. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> um, um, and, uh, you know, if you try to jump to this place of being a rescuer to try to take care of the victim and not let the victim continue to understand your intent and grow as a person, then you're not going to nurture the development of the relationship. Because again, this sort of like apology ladder is about understanding and respecting each other's intent and essentially trying to rebuild the relationship. So this is, the you know, conflict is about trying to find ways to build the relationship between people of color and um, Caucasians who have, you know, the Caucasians who have not certainly not had to deal with as much of their own versions of oppression. People have certainly rebelled against the use of the term privilege because privilege, you know, to them, they hear privilege and they think uh, rich, you know, there are plenty of poor people. There are plenty of poor Caucasians and people who have dealt with their own versions of oppression. Um, you know, mental illness and their own semblance of adversity. But, um, you know, we're certainly just talking about the, on the bigger scale of um, inherent bias that exists based on assuming that because someone lives in a certain area or is a certain color or is a certain way, you know, must be a certain type of person. It's prejudice essentially. So it's, you know, it's, it's a challenge to to resolve this conflict because I'm not coming here with an answer, but I'm coming here to try to help you understand where the sides lie, you know, because the, you know, Caucasians don't certainly feel like they're the oppressor and they don't want to be like, who wants to be labeled the oppressor? Who wants to be labeled, uh, you know, a racist quote unquote, or a bad person, you know, and, and they don't want to be. And I think that is, that is part of it is, you know, when you get to that second rung is explaining intent explaining that you're not a bad person. You're not trying to be a racist person, quote unquote, you know, you're not trying to be someone that is holding other people down, but there's subconscious stuff. You know, it's again, acknowledgement of what is going on at the bottom and then explaining things and having coming to an understanding, apologizing, appreciating each other. And then at the top, you know, a semblance of forgiveness from the community as a whole. And then a sense of, um, reassurance that that sort of thing won't happen again. So it's kind of like, again, like a larger scale version of like, you know, Germany apologizing for what happened with the Nazis and Hitler and all that stuff, or, um, South Africa apologizing for apartheid, you know, they did that. And one would think it's like asinine to apologize as a community or as a, um, as a country or anything like that, like one would think it's asinine to do that. But like, to me, it absolutely makes sense as a means to repair relationships and rebuild bonds. And that's how countries do it. You know, you get to this point, that's how they become allies. You know, at some point, you know, there was uh, America is the result of separating from Britain. You know, we are the result of, pulling away from them. And we were at conflict with Britain for a very long time. And after a while, Britain was like, you know what? We're good. We understand. We acknowledge that we were the ones causing the problem and you guys just wanted to do your own thing. Um, you know, there was like, basically they went through the apology ladder and worked through all of it. So many noises. Jeez. Um, 
it's after three o'clock. You know, when school's in session after three o'clock, everyone goes into a frenzy, frenzy, like, oh, I've got to do life now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so busy before. Um, anyway, so like, you know, countries eventually becoming allies is typically the result of going through the apology ladder in some form, you know, the U.S. apologizing for Hiroshima and stuff like that. Like, again, it seems asinine for someone to for countries to apologize to each other. And it seems asinine for an entire race to apologize to an, an, another race. And like, how is that even possible? And I think it's going to be possible over the course of time and, you know, people resolving conflict on individual levels and then community levels and then on larger scales. There are so many people and so many variables that it becomes a challenge, but it certainly takes um, people who are important figures, who are um, important representations of each other's sides, because right now it's just, they're just kind of amoebas caricatures, right? Like, you know, the Caucasian person is typically seen as this caricature of like make America great again, um, middle America, Fox Fox news, all of that stuff. And then the person of color is like, you know, seen as like the annoying liberal who is calling everyone a racist and saying the word white privilege over and over again. So it's, you know, it's this challenge of overcoming the growth on both sides to, to get to this place where you're no longer just this, this amoebas caricature, but you're actually represented by people who are uh, fully embodying and taking responsibility and um, representing accurately the, um, the, the, the voices of the both sides so that they can acknowledge their roles, be able to start at the bottom of the ladder, acknowledge those roles, move up, be able to explain each other's intent, explain why the victim feels hurt and then acknowledge and apologize and then explain the intent of explain the intent of the oppressor. And then, you know, you go up to the top where you just say like, you know, we forgive you for what's happened and we want to move forward. And we acknowledge uh, that, And then the oppressor side acknowledging that they want to move forward as well. And they recognize the atrocity and they will not let this happen again. So at the end of it, it's, you know, I I try to distill it into an most understandable term as possible, but that's kind of where I see it right now is like the victim and oppressor roles are kind of um, amoebas, you know, they're, they're not being, identified clearly they're kind of represented by caricatures right now in media and online when people are having conflict with each other they're fighting with the caricature of the person that they think they're talking to and not necessarily an actual person and um you know to eventually solve this conflict there's likely going to have to be someone who someone or some community or some sort of representation that evolves the caricature and into someone who is willing to take responsibility into to evolve the role and uh, evolve the perceptions to be able to get to both sides to a place of maturity to be able to to accept those roles and then be able to move up the apology ladder so that you can come to a, a conflict resolution and repair relationships and again you know on the social mass scale it's not necessarily going to be about repairing relationships that are going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be a clean break. It's again, you know, 
with within the same topic it's not like slavery was resolved and all racism ended you know so it's not going to be that clean but it's progress right so again it's it's important to do the best that you can to focus on the individual aspect of the model but then um you know how you can actually use the the model to to look at you know large scale issues and sort of think about where we need to get to in order to move the conversation up the ladder. So, Ooh, that was wordy, <laughs> but I hope that all made sense. Eventually um, I'm going to take a break and we're going to kind of wrap up um, this week and uh, get you guys set for the weekend. And, um, you know, talk a little bit about this apology ladder, which I think is going to be the official name for it. I'm still working on it and I want to kind of talk about the things that I'm working on and how I want to explain it a little bit and how I think it can actually help people. So let's take a break for a word from good old sponsors and then um, we'll move on. Listen to the 48 Hours podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right. Welcome back. Hope you're doing okay. After that, that was that was like forever. I don't know where you went. I was scared. It was dark. I was beatboxing or farting. I don't know. It depends on how how you look at it. Um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to thank you guys again for being here this week. Uh, this is the second time we're doing sort of a a, a week long sort of narrative. I'm trying to linearize some of this so that more people can kind of follow my train of thought <laughs> a little bit because I'm a little all over the place sometimes. Um, but you know, I continue to evolve. The show is going to continue to evolve and hopefully it's something that will be good. And um, I can certainly use your feedback on that by, if you click on the link in our description, there is a link to a survey that will help us better understand our audience. So that will be massively huge. There's also an email form in there. So just there's a couple warnings a couple times that like this is something I'm going to use to continue to reach out to you guys. So if that's not your jam, don't do it. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But if you're a loyal listener and love this show, you're going to want to do that anyway. So, um, so go ahead, click the link in the description and fill out the survey. So, um, to kind of wrap up this week, there was a couple of really great topics. And for the most part, we talked about conflict. We talked about, um, me trying to work out this model out loud, essentially this apology ladder that I've been working on, but then also talking about conflict, internet conflict, the racial divide. Um, uh, we talked about internal conflict and millennials, um, with self-deprecation and stuff like that. And then, uh, I forget what Wednesday's show was. <laughs> so, um, let me actually, let me, nope. Uh, pull that up real quick so I can remember in real time Wednesday's show. 
was about varying levels of development and understanding each other and having patience for each other. And um, at the end of the day, all of this is in, in search of trying to find ways to resolve conflict because it's acknowledging conflict and then looking for the next path. Right. And some things are going to be bigger than us. You know, that's why I wanted to talk about varying levels of this. I wanted to talk about personal conflict, but I also wanted to talk about, you know, something as big as racial divides and social things going on right now, because it's, I think this model that I'm working on applies to big and small levels of conflict, but there certainly needs to be uh, a sense of foundation to keep the ladder steady and be able to move up the ladder in a way that is, you know, you're working together, you're using two hands, you know, you're representing ways to move up the ladder together because you can't do it individually. And that's the thing that I'm trying to find ways to better represent is the fact that you can't go through these stages on your own because uh, like you bring negative conflict with you. You cannot resolve anything without going up the ladder together. So whether that's actually you and an individual or, you know, countries or caricatures of social ideas or companies or whatever the case is, like they need to be established things that are on like a similar wavelength and able and willing to move up the ladder together. It's kind of like a, um, you know, a, like a potato sack race, you know, you can't move or like a three-legged race rather where you have to work together. You have to move together to succeed and get across the finish line before anyone else. Like you have to work together in tandem. So all of that is in service of this model, but for the most part, I really, um, I had a lot of fun working through this stuff. I think the millennial stuff was really fascinating being able to talk about how millennials are sort of like developing this self deprecating culture and hopefully I'm hoping that it's something that we can use as a ways to create exposure for one another's emotions and, and difficulties, but that we don't also use it as an excuse to lie in it. Because again, um, with a statement that I used before, you know, you can get comfortable in a bed of nails. It only hurts when you move. So, you know, we want to get to a place where we're not necessarily getting too comfortable with our self-deprecation and we find ways to move forward. And sometimes when there's money involved and people start selling things and making things that are around this topic, it's going to be able to hard, it's going to be hard to move the needle forward in a positive direction. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very tricky topic, but I think it's really interesting. Um, and then, you know, internet conflict, being able to understand how people are in varying levels of development and how people are, um, are, are dealing with their own bias and their own things that they have, their different levels of education and, uh, things that they're exposed to and, um, you know, their own personal history, traumas, things like that. There's just so much going on, so many variables that it is impossible to, to say that you can just become elitist about someone because you don't know their history. You don't know their life. You can't talk down to them. And that's the point. Don't talk down to anyone. Like, even if you feel like you are at a personal stage of maturity and development, that doesn't mean you are better than the other person. You don't know their challenges. You know, someone could say that I'm a waste of life for not being a creative director, but I've had mental health challenges. I've had my own things and I'm using my strengths to go my own path and create this podcast and do something that fits within what I do. And again, the point is to like, not take anything personally, meaning that somebody else's perception of you is a reflection of them. And 
it would be the same for you. If you're trying to reflect a sense of elitism, then you're satisfying some deep desire to not feel insecure. Like there's something else going on there. So again, your life is yours to own, you know, and, and your understanding and, and the way that you deal with conflict is going to be about you and your personal journey. And sometimes that's important to keep into account when you're having a conflict with somebody, because if they start to attack you personally and you feel triggered by it and upset about it, in most cases, you don't have to continue that conflict. Um, because again, with this, la with this ladder, you cannot go up the ladder unless the other person is willing to go with you. And, um, you know, so that's another, so with this ladder, this apology ladder that I'm working on, there are some aspects that I want to make sure to sort of work out as I'm working through this thing. And I, I promise I probably won't mention this until, <laughs> until I've really worked it out completely. But the idea is that conflict is typically about control, um, some semblance of power and going up the ladder involves an exchange of power because it's kind of like when you're going up the ladder, you're going one hand at a time, but you can't do it without, I mean, you can do it with one hand as an actual person, but you know, it's easier when you're able to go with two hands. If you try to go up the ladder on your own with one side of the ladder, you're going to likely twist and fall, right? So you have to have both hands and go up at the same time and, and use the best measure of safety to do that. Um, it starts at the bottom with an acknowledgement of two clear sources of, of, of conflict. You have the oppressor and the victim. And I was talking to Molly about it and she was saying that like those words sound really harsh, but I think that is intentional for me because it's, um, it's, it's victim, not necessarily in the, I mean, it's victim. It could be in the drama, dramatic way in terms of the drama triangle kind of way. Like someone could be the victim that needs to move forward, but it, it is more in an actuality. You know, it is more of an actual victim, someone who is, who is feeling oppressed or they're physically hurt. And then someone who is the oppressor, somebody who has um, the perception of the victim is that this person is an oppressor until you move up the ladder so that this person is going to hurt you or this person is going to impede your movement or this person is just did this thing or said this thing that is as far as the victim understands intent intended to hurt you in some sort of form um whether that's to emotionally maim you or actually maim you so that's why you have to move up the ladder together to eventually to get to a place to the next to the next rung which is about understanding each other's intent. So essentially when that thing happens and you establish the roles of the victim and the oppressor, which in social issues becomes more complicated, but again, in a, in a case where someone just steps on someone's toe, it's a little bit more obvious. The person who had their toe stepped on their, their toe stepped on is the victim and the, who did the stepping is the oppressor. And usually what happens immediately is a response, a call and response, like the victim reacts and the oppressor also reacts. And basically the exchange of power happens when two people come up to the conflict, they are an, an even exchange of power. These two stranger or these two friends in terms of this individual conflict, the latter itself represents the conflict. The power is even between the two. And if you were to, you know, when this moment happens, when this thing happens, which I'll give it a name at some point, when this event happens, let's say, when the event happens, the 
the victim reacts to let the oppressor know that they've oppressed them. And now it's up to the oppressor to move, um, move up the ladder and express intent and apologize. Say like, Oh, I'm sorry. Or like, I didn't mean to do that. I apologize. I didn't mean to step on your toe, you know, and usually being more specific helps you to move up the ladder. So part of the things that I want to define within this ladder is how to get up each rung more specifically, because the oppressor needs to be specific. The oppressor can't say like something like, well, you shouldn't have been standing there because then it's not an even exchange of power, right? You're not able to move up the ladder efficiently. So, and the reason you're moving up is because at, at, at certain points, each side is going to have more power than the other side. So you're not moving up the ladder at the same time, but you're moving up the ladder in hopes that the other person, you can exchange the power to the other person and then they can move up as well. So the left moves up and then the right moves up. So the oppressor moves up and the victim moves up, for example. So again, in this example, so if the person who had their toe stepped on exclaims, ow, and the oppressor says, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. The oppressor moves up the ladder and exchanges the power back down to the victim. Because at this point, the victim now has a decision. They can, can move up the ladder as well and explain where they were going. Or they can say like, um, you know, they, they could say, um, you know, oh, I, I, I didn't see you there either or something like that. Some way to even out the power and then move up to the next rung and be able to explain, you know, to apologize or to, um, to rather express forgiveness and say that it's okay. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, and then the oppressor will move up on their side again and say something to the effect of like, create some semblance of reassurance that it won't necessarily happen again. And I think it's just going to vary based on conflict, which is why it's going to be a difficult model to work through because there's a lot of things to consider, but, um, but that's the general idea. And then the, you know, the, yeah, so the victim, you know, forgives the oppressor and then the oppressor also moves back up and is able to uh, create some semblance of reassurance. And then suddenly everyone's up the ladder. Yay. <laughs> you know, and that's the idea. You move up the ladder so that you can rebuild the relationship and be able to move forward. So um, there's things that I'm going to work on with that. Uh, I'm going to work on the details of the explanations of how to get up each rung or e- each side of the ladder, rather each point. And that the middle point is supposed to be where the apology happens. And that's why you have the connection, sort of the H part of the ladder, as it were. So um, I hope that all makes sense. Uh, Thank you again for (laughs) appeasing me and listening to me figuring out this ladder, as it were. I think it's a useful model. Uh, I'm going to try to give it a name. And I wouldn't even know how to go about establishing this as a thing. I'm not a person that has a PhD. I don't have a psychological degree. I'm just a person that observes things and um, has been able to see what's going on on the internet and, and um, have had my fair share of conflict when I'm dealing with mania. And a lot of us have been arguing on the internet, but honestly, I'm at a point where I'm tired of it and I want to find a clean model to think about how, conflicts can be resolved. It's going to take a lot more time. It's going to take a lot more observation um, and more clarity and discussions and trying to find ways to make this make sense and give it a fancy name and all that stuff. But I'm hoping by the time this is done, I can write a book about it. That'd be cool. So um, yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all of these topics. Let me know what your favorite topic is for this week or was for this week. Let me know if you have ideas for future topics, for themes for the week. And um 
I'll do my best to work through it. Typically, I just work through things that I've been thinking about and trying to find ways to connect them. And then, um, yeah, that's it. So feel free to leave me a voice message here on Anchor or hit me up at Let's Go See Notes on all the social channels. You can go to dopamine.life to support the show by subscribing, leaving a review, or you can support the show by hitting the support this podcast button and leaving a monetary um, monetary appreciation show of support. And uh, if you want to learn more about me and what I do, go to cnote.media to check out my podcast course, my Myers-Briggs courses, and learn a little bit about um, the other podcasts that I work on and all this stuff. So um, enjoy your weekend, take care of yourselves and each other, and um, just relax. Don't worry about anything you've got to do. Life will be fine. Like, you're good. You got this. So thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to support the show. I really appreciate you. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to dopamine and providing your support for this show. I really, really appreciate it. If you really love this show, leave a review on iTunes and Stitcher to show some love for the podcast. You can also check out cnote.media to check out my work and my courses. But um, with that, we'll catch you next time. See you guys later.